Before we get to this week's episode, let's chat a little bit about ZipRecruiter. These past couple of years have given everyone a lot of time to reflect, especially when it comes to our jobs. And a lot of people reassessed and asked, what do we really want out of our job? Maybe you decided there were things you should walk away from, like careers that don't align with your passions. I remember my passion was was not folding t-shirt stacks for hours or standing in a stock room putting together of packages of these t-shirts only to then take those same shirts out of a box one week later. I knew right then and there that this was not something I was going to do for the rest of my life. But maybe there's a different version of this story where people think that there are things they deserve more of, like higher pay or better benefits. It is 2022, and whether you need a job or just want a better job, this is your year to find that job that you absolutely love, and ZipRecruiter's here to help you. ZipRecruiter pitches your profile to employers for great jobs, and if somebody from that company really likes what they see, they can personally invite you to apply to their job. And ZipRecruiter may even send you an awesome job that you never even knew existed. So there you go. They're thinking for you. They're doing the work for you. So don't wait. Let ZipRecruiter help you find the perfect job today. Sign up for free. There's no reason not to do this. If you're on the fence about what's going on and you're not looking forward to to Monday at your job, you got the Sunday scaries, sign up for free today at ZipRecruiter.com. You never know what can happen. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com. And now let's get to this week's episode of the podcast. Even see the thing falling You don't really know how a gangster gone ball You don't really know if I run or stand tall You don't really know till they're coming No till they're coming We go What is good everybody? Welcome back to another episode of In the Paint Recording this to you on uh, Memorial Day, so shout out those who have served our country, and thank you for some of this country's freedoms that we have. Um, Okay, let's dive right in to the NBA Finals, NBA Playoffs talk. There was a Game 7 last night in the Eastern Conference Finals, and it ended up being a good game, but for most of it, it was very not compelling, um, very just kind of the same trajectory of the game as most of the games throughout games one through six were. And so, you know, I want to talk though about, about what all went down in game seven, because there was some noteworthy, noteworthy things that had happened. Um, So let's, let's kind of dive into some of the storylines here. Some of the things that happened in game seven, we'll start obviously from, from the tip. So first quarter was 32 to 17. And there was a moment where I think, Miami had cut it to five. I think it was 22-17. They had cut it to five. And you were like, okay, if you're Miami and you can get out of here within, like, the way the game was going, I think it was, like, you know, basically 10-plus points throughout the entire first quarter. And so you're thinking, well, if I can cut this to five or if I can keep this to within, you know, single digits after the way we've played this first quarter, that's huge. And so I think... I think being down 15 then after being you know close within five at the end of the first was was pretty dastardly for for Miami. However, then in the second quarter, Miami wins that quarter by nine, and so it's a six-point game going into halftime. And again, if you're Miami, and at one point down 15, and you're not really playing all that well, the you know if we pull up the box score and we're looking at like team stats and things of that nature, I mean, shot six of 30 from three, Miami did. Shot missed eight free throws, only shot sixty seven percent from the line. Got out rebounded by seven. Um, you know, turnovers were very close, thirteen to ten points off turnovers, very close. Um, but the rebounding battle, the threes and the free throws, like they didn't win. 
Now, they had a better overall field shooting percentage, um, but Boston, you know, when they hit five more threes and they shoot 15% better, you know, that can be the difference in the game. So second quarter, though, Miami um, really did really did bring it to them, cut it to six, and you think, okay, looking at where we are, stat line, looking at just kind of how the flow of the game has been, being down six at, at halftime is is freaking massive for, for Miami when they could have been down probably 20. Um, so all things considered, second quarter and how they ended that was big time. Moving into the third quarter, you know – one point game after the third quarter. Sorry, one point win for the Celtics in the third quarter. They're up seven going into the fourth. And what's funny is going into the fourth quarter. Again, they're up seven. Nothing, nothing too crazy uh, happened in the fourth quarter until there was a moment where there was a five minute stretch. I believe it was from minute eleven to minute six where Miami missed nine straight shots and Boston went on an 8-0 run. And they were up, I believe, I'm going to pull this up just to double check. I want to say they were up 11. I think it was a three-point game and then it was an 11-point game within that five-minute stretch. And so at that point with about five minutes left and it's 11 points and the way that Miami wasn't scoring and the way that Boston clearly was – yeah, 96-85 at the four-minute mark. So maybe it was 10-4. to 10 to 4. I don't know. But it was basically, you know, whatever it was, 9-4. to 4. But it was basically a five-minute, five- to six-minute stretch where Miami couldn't do a thing. So we are now at an 11-point game. Marcus Smart hits a couple threes, or sorry, hits a couple free throws. Now it's a 13-point game. Kyle Lowry hits a hits a, th- uh, a step back jumper. It's now back to eleven. Then it was it was basically hovering at eleven for a little bit. Max Struess makes a dunk, puts it at nine, and then it was back and forth, pretty bad. About a nine point game over and over. There was missed threes, two missed threes by Marcus Smart. Victor Oladipo misses a shot. Bam misses a shot. Grant Williams turns the ball over. That was just a bad like two, minute and a half stretch of basketball. Then Victor Oladipo drives to the bucket, makes it seven. Kyle Lowry drives to the lane, makes it five. Um, they called a charge on, um, I believe Jalen Brown, Kyle Lowry takes the charge, which, you know, he's obnoxious with doing that stuff, but he gets the offensive foul. They, they challenge it. Doesn't go through. Max Struess then makes a really tough three pointer to put it within two. 50 seconds left. That happens with about 21, 22 seconds left. Marcus Smart misses an easy layup. Jimmy Butler then takes the ball. And this is where, you know, the controversial decision comes into play. Because if you've been on social media already today or even last night, you saw that everybody was kind of back. It was very split on whether Jimmy Butler should take that three or not. There's no denying that he had, that he, you cannot say that he did not earn the chance to take that three. Of course he did. He played the entire game. He played 48 minutes. He was the only one that was really in any sort of rhythm for the entire game for Miami. So he had earned the right to take that three. Two things can be true at the same time. You can earn the right to take a shot and it could still be a bad shot. He's shooting 18% from three in the series. He shot 23% from three you know, throughout the year. So for him to just, at, in transition with a chance to go one-on-one with Al Horford where he just can pull a hezzy and get to the rim, just seemed a little a little short-sighted. I know he was tired. I know he wanted to win the game. I know he wanted it to be over. But even if he makes that, there's still 20 seconds left, and Boston can still come down and shoot a jumper and get a bucket. That only puts him up one. 
So it's not like it would have been a dagger three where it puts them up three and you have to force them to make a three or things like that. It wasn't a tie ball game. They were down two. So in any in any sort of scenario, whether he hits whether he hits a three or he makes a layup, there's still a shot for Boston to come down and do their own thing and win the game. So I think everybody just assuming that if he hits that three that the game is over is definitely short-sighted. It wasn't going to be over. And again, he wasn't shooting a high percentage from three. I mean, even in this game, if we look at this game alone and we go to his box score, he was one for four from threes. He was 25% in the game. And granted, he was you know, 60% or 55 or 56% from the field. So like clearly his two point game was in and his free throw game was going. I think he got to the line, what 11 times. So he clearly was doing everything he wanted to in the paint. And yet he pulls up for a transition three when he has Al Horford on his heels. I just thought it was a bit, a bit short-sighted. Again, he had earned the shot. He earned whatever, whatever decision he was going to make. He earned the right to make that decision. It wasn't like he didn't have the green light in that scenario. But again, in a in a in a game where the team is shooting, you know, 20 20% from 3, you're shooting 18% from 3 from the field in the series or sorry, 18 from 3 from the series, it just seemed like the wrong decision. Um so all that said, he misses that 3, that would have put them up 1. Boston gets the rebound. They have to foul because there's, you know, there's no shot clock shot clock's off um and so that was kind of the game I mean there was a couple moments after that where maybe things could have got tight but like that was it if Jimmy Butler makes that three they feel so much better about where they're at but they foul um Marcus Smart makes two free throws so it's a four-point game with about 10 seconds left Max Struess misses a three-pointer and a couple of those were you know and then then it was done so shout out the Celtics. Um, there was a controversial call in the middle of the game. You know, Max Struess hits a three, but they, you know, it, it appears that his foot. Well, sorry, they they thought his foot was on the line. It appears it might have been hovering over it. My thought on that is this: I think it was. I think it should have been counted as a three. I think that with those calls, when they're when they're like right there, um. If he's if he's shooting the ball, I think you let it go and then you review it after. And if it's clear and obvious that the foot was on the line, then you make the call. If he's dribbling to the basket and nothing has happened, like you know, if there's no like necessarily outcome changing play that has happened, um, that's where I'm kind of like, you know, that's where I kind of get the sense of okay, well, if he's dribbling to the hoop and like no action play has happened yet, you can call him out and then you know move on, no harm done. But because it was on a jumper that that ended up going in, I feel like you give the benefit to the player in that sense and you say, hey, it's good. But then you but then you officials time out and then you review it because at least in that sense, you know how these reviews go is you know it has to be clear and obvious to overturn it. So if you if you give the bucket good and there's not enough clear ob- clear and obvious evidence to overturn the call, then you reward the offensive player for his talent and for making the bucket. But in this sense, they called him out, bucket is good, or you know, the bucket went in, they called him out, but because it's not 100% clear and obvious whether he was above the line or not, they have to keep the call on the on the, the court, which was, you know, no bucket out of bounds. Listen, I under everybody's talking about how, you know, <laughs> if if that three counts, 
then Jimmy Butler doesn't have to shoot a three, then the game is, you know, then they're tied, blah, 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 sure. But they ended up losing by four. So if we're just going to go number by number, it would be would have been 199. Now, granted, you're right. But there's a lot of other plays that have happened post that, that you know, you can't just be like, oh, well, they would have been tied. Sure. I mean, I okay. But maybe other things would have happened differently if he makes that three. Maybe other shot selections different. So it just... It just doesn't – listen, it, it shouldn't be something that happens. It shouldn't have happened. It should be – that's something that review and it take it took way too long and that's just something that like you either know or you don't. And so when they didn't know, it, it should have been done. Um, but listen, I, I was under the impression that I thought it was a good bucket, that I thought that he his foot was hovering above the line, that it should have counted. So I'm not going to kill them though for for whatever decision they made, but, but and then but acting like that this would have altered the entire trajectory of the game is also foolish because everything is a chain reaction. So like just because one thing happened doesn't mean that other things wouldn't have happened as well. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I fall with that. Um, as it pertains to, um, you know. as it pertains to the the NBA Finals. Because we see now, um, we see now what we have. So we have Boston taking on Golden State in the NBA Finals. Boston finished their series in five. Golden State, obvi- or sorry, uh, Golden State finished their series in five. Um, Boston is now obviously on to um, their series after seven. They're in- into the NBA Finals. So the the thing that's interesting about this series is I feel like some of it is I feel like some of it is eerily similar to what they just went through not necessarily offensively for for Miami and and Golden State but um but I think you can take some you can take some things from each from each series and apply them and here's why. So what Miami was able to do against Boston in the fact of end of quarters and big time quarter points, um, end of quarters, Boston was very bad defensively, execution wise. Miami was able to get play massive quarters at point at times. And even in Game Seven, they were great at at um, end of quarters and like in third quarters and big quarters. Um, and so Golden State also thrives on those runs. They thrive on those swing quarters, that third quarter, that end of quarter time. So even if they're playing really really bad throughout the quarter, they rely on that end of quarter and swing quarter moments where they can just blow you away and go on a run. Remember. Everybody on the broadcast and all these things for the Eastern Conference Finals, they kept talking about how many quarters Boston had won, but how this was still a Game 7. Do you know why that happens? Because of really poor execution and because of swing quarters where teams are taking over and winning big moments in big big spots in the quarter. You know, end of second, third quarter, end of fourth. Those are like the big, you know, the big three in terms of quarters. Can you win the third quarter? Can you come out and just blitz the third quarter? And at the end of the second and fourth, can you can you own those moments? There were games where Miami owned those moments, and even in Game Seven, 
if they weren't down 15 for some of these moments, they might have won the game because they owned a lot of those quarters. They didn't own the third quarter, but they owned the end of the fourth and the second. And if they would have just played a little bit better in the third, they probably would have won the game. Golden State is going to own those moments. And if Boston continues to have poor execution in those big moments, this could be a very quick series. I don't trust Boston's inability to execute at big moments. They've shown that time and time again. This is like, I always say this about anything in life, but also especially in, in basketball. And it really rang true with the Brooklyn Nets, but it, it rang true with a lot of these teams. Trust what you see. Trust the historic data that you have. The team, the, the team is always who they have been. They show you who they are. Boston is super at their highest ceiling. Is probably was probably the best team in the playoffs with with Phoenix. But their but their floor is super low, and a lot of times their floor shows itself in really big moments. Miami was nowhere near as talented. They couldn't score, but somehow they got into a game seven with Boston. And the reason why was because in those swing moments, in those big moments and quarters, Miami executed. And Boston did not. Now, in moments that didn't matter, in the quarters that aren't as paramount, Boston was great. And sometimes that carried them through. Like again in Game 7. Because they were so good in the first quarter, and so dominant, and then because they were, then because they were, you know, able to hold on and not as good in those big moments, but because they were so dominant in, in the, I would say, the quarters that aren't as paramount, but, but they had big enough leads that they could just hold on. And so Golden State is going to press them, and they're going to give them a run for their money, and they're going to be very, very tough to, to beat. But another thing to point out in this series, analysis-wise, um, Golden State is a different offense than anybody in this league. And what I mean by that is a lot of people in this league, basically they run their – they'll run their, like, their sets. They'll run – Match, they'll, they'll, they'll hunt mismatches. They'll, they'll run ISO in certain ways. They'll run high pick and roll. And all of that is to get a favorable matchup. If you haven't watched the NBA in any sort of capacity and you sit down and you watch it, you would just say, well, this, like, why, why is everybody moving so slow? Like in, in half court, why is there just look like it's the same thing over and over? Well, because it te technically it is, but they're essentially all they're trying to do is just create mismatches and then go one on one against those mismatches. And then if you go one on one against those mismatches and then the paint collapses, you kick out to shooters. Um, there's a guy on, on the volume sports, Jason Timpf. He talks about this all the time. He has a thing called hoops tonight. He says that everybody in the NBA, all they want to do is all they want to do is drive and kick. It's just all about collapsing the defense so you can kick out to shooters. Well, how do you do that easiest? You get a mismatch one-on-one -on -one and you can blow by the guy. So again, that is all that, that is all that, um, a lot of these NBA teams like Boston and Miami are trying to do. They're trying to find mismatches. Golden State is vastly different. Golden State is basically modern-day motion offense in the NBA. Everybody moves. There's two guys always moving. There's always screens being set. Steph is more lethal off the ball than he is on the ball, but he's obviously lethal on the ball as well. But it all is just to create movement and to create flow and to create things to go and happen and cuts and back doors and, and off these screens, tons of moving screens, all these things. So Boston is going to be in for it defensively because it's completely different. Um... But that doesn't mean that Boston can't still win this thing. It doesn't mean that Boston isn't capable of doing this thing. 
They clearly are. I mean, they've got the best defense in the league, but they don't play the Golden State Warriors, you know, four out of seven times or, or seven times in a series. So those numbers are different. You know, if I pulled up what Boston's numbers against Golden State were this year, maybe they're not as good. Looking at those numbers, we've I've got those pulled up here. I mean, so they played twice this year, once in December, once in um, uh, March. And in the in the December game, um, they won 111-107. And in the and in the um, March game, they lost by 20. <laughs> oh no, well, 22. So again, it's kind of the same thing that happens with these Celtics. They either show up or they don't. But um, the one thing I noticed in both these games is they did manage to score, you know, a 105 plus. Um, in both game or in in the first game they shot 36 percent from three, and the second they shot 37. So it's not necessarily like anything was vastly different. The difference was Golden State in the second game played atrocious. So th- those are possible. There could be one or two of those games in that series. Um. So it just kind of comes down to, it just kind of comes down to who's going to show up, what team's going to show up, what Boston's going to show up, and what Golden State's going to show up. And I trust, I trust Golden State because they've been there before, they're experienced, they've the all the finals they've been in. I just trust them more. So that would be my pick. Like I said, Warriors in six. Um, it could go seven, but Golden State's got home court, and you really don't want. I, I you know, I don't care if Golden State goes goes to a to a game seven at home. Um, I don't think necessarily super matters with with this team the way they play defense. Um, Boston, I mean, um, and so yeah, I, I'm just I think this is going to be a wildly wildly entertaining series. Um, but in the same way, it all just really, it all just really depends on, it all just really depends on the the defensive sets, and and who shows up shooting, shooting the ball better, who's gonna win these big quarters, the quarter moments, end of second, third quarter, end of fourth, who's gonna win those? That's really all that matters to me. I've seen the way that Boston kind of approaches these things. Um, I've seen the way that they show up in some of these moments, and I don't trust them, and I just trust Golden State more. I got a future on Golden State in six when they were up 3-0 against Boston, so I'm rooting, obviously, for that. Um, you know, We'll see exactly how that ends up, but that would be my pick, Golden State in six. As it pertains to game one, like I said, I'm looking at this here. Golden State favored by three and a half. I feel like that's a very good number. Um, I feel like Boston coming off of a seven-game series, Golden State getting to rest, um, it being at home against Golden State, I think they can blitz them in game one. So I would take Golden State minus three and a half. Um, We can pull up Action Network 2 and see kind of if there's a system in play, Um, if there's a... If there's a, a number or a system that makes sense, again, if you know the system, I've talked about it many times on this pod, the system of home favorites, if they're getting more percentage of the money versus the bet percentage, um, that system is about 19% ROI, about you know up six grand if you bet $100, roughly. So it's definitely a very profitable system. Um, 
I'm not exactly sure. I have I'd have to pull that up. I can do that now while we talk. But you know, I just I, like I said, I think everything. I think everything in me, um, everything in me is leading to is leaning towards Golden State in that first game, just because of all of the just because of all of the 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 fatigue. You know, all of that. Um, let's see if there's. Yep, the system is in play, <laughs> so we're rolling with it blindly. No, I'm not blindly. I just I already was going to take that anyway before the system. System is in play though. Um, Golden State is getting is getting infinitely more of the money than they are the bet percentage. Um, so that all makes sense to me. We are going to take a quick break, and then once we're back, we'll talk all things gambling. Um, lock in some bets for this game, one of the NBA Finals. So get your pocketbooks ready, lock in, um, and get ready for some for some gambling talk. We'll be back in a second. Welcome back on the other side of the break on this podcast. Like I mentioned, we are going to talk all things gambling for this this game one of the NBA Finals. Warriors, Celtics, game one tips off tonight. Um, this is part two. Um, we are, you know, we did part one recorded, um, on a Monday Memorial day. And then we are, you know, back at it Thursday before the game. This episode will drop, um, right before the game on Thursday. So hopefully you hear this, you can get some bets in before nine o'clock Eastern time, um, for these bets. If you want to tail any of them. So we're going to just kind of look at a couple things. want to start off the jump talking about the series prices, because this is an interesting thing that, you know, people like to bet these series prices for for the NBA finals and for series in general for the playoffs um if you look at if you look at the series pricing for the Warriors I think you can literally get them about 150 160 for the series last I checked that's what it was I'm gonna just double double cross the references here check those um almost positive the series prices are probably right around there um but let's just let's just be right here Okay, yeah, Warriors 150, still minus 150. I'm looking at Bavada. I'm sure they're pretty comparable throughout, but 150 on minus 150 on Bavada. Here's the thing: if you want some some value, there's another route you could go. And I know I'm sure this has probably been talked about. If you listen to any other podcasts about you know the NBA Finals and if it has a betting element or if there's any sort of mention of gambling, I'm sure there's this has been talked about. But I'm the reason I'm bringing it up. Um, is solely just to to help out with value, um. Because here's the here's the thing about it. Let's see. Let's go to the NBA here. Um. Let's just go see if we can find, you know, um, MVP stuff. Okay, Steph Curry to win the Finals MVP is minus one twenty. So. Here's the deal. If if the Warriors win the NBA Finals, Steph Curry is going to be winning the Finals MVP. Listen, I know it's only minus 150 to minus 120, but that's better value. And so, if you're just if your just thought process goes, I think the Warriors are going to win the Finals. I would just bet Steph Curry to win the Finals MVP. You can put the same amount of money down that you were going to put for them to win the Finals and you literally get better value. Now, the only thing you have to worry about, and I can't believe that this number is bigger, um, Clay Thompson is 10 to 1, Draymond 20 to 1, Poole 25 to 1, Wiggins 50 to 1, Looney 250 to 1. 
So I'm a little surprised that Thompson is more than Draymond. There's there is a chance that depending on if you know Steph Curry gets shut down or if doesn't play his best game, but somehow Draymond ends up with maybe a triple double here and there, or if you know Jordan Poole just goes nuclear for a little bit and plays better defense and maybe you know ends up getting 20 or so a night. But here's the thing. The, the the smart money is telling me that if I want to bet on the Warriors to win the title, that I might as well just bet Steph Curry to win the finals MVP because if the Warriors win the finals, Curry is winning finals MVP. So I'm getting minus 120 versus minus 150. So whatever. So if I'm placing $500 on the Warriors for the series, I might as well just place 500 on Steph Curry to win the finals MVP because... 500 on the Warriors to win it all would be $333. 500 on Curry to win the Finals MVP. If the Warriors win it all, I bet he's the MVP. You get $416, almost $417. So you get $80 more, roughly. Listen, again, it's not a massive jump, but it's better value. So that would be my first my first tip. If you think the Warriors are going to win the, the Finals... I would recommend betting on Steph Curry to win the Finals MVP for better for better value. You can do both if you want to. Hell, I'm not telling you not to do to do both. You can double your money, triple your money in that case. But that would be my first my first bit of information and, and advice would be bet Curry to win the Finals if you want the if you think the Warriors are winning at all. You could also say the same thing about the Celtics, and here's why: because again, the next biggest number. Would be, I mean, the bigger number is Jason Tatum at plus 170. The Celtics are plus 130 to win the finals. So, again, I would venture to guess that if the Celtics win the finals, it's because Jason Tatum's really good. That's basically just how their team is constructed. The only other one you have to worry about probably would be Marcus Smart, but, you know, that's 250 to 1. So, obviously, there's a ton of value, but. Your smart money again is saying if you think the Celtics are going to win because it's plus money, you can't really go wrong. But because there's better plus money for Tatum, maybe you want to split your bet between the two. And you know, if you do a hundred dollars on the Celtics and a hundred dollars on Tatum, no matter what happens there, if you win, you're good. So that's another route to go. Um, because if the Celtics end up winning, but it's not Tatum, you'll be fine. You'll still win 130. You'll still be $30 profit. But if it's, if the Celtics, if the Celtics win and it's Tatum and you bet both, you're good. But you know, either way, or if the Celtics win and it's Jalen Brown and you bet Tatum, you're still going to be fine. So, and everybody, you know, let me present the other side. It's It hasn't happened in the other 52 times that we've given out this award. 53 times. One time it went to the, the first ever time it was awarded, it went to somebody that didn't win the finals, Jerry West. Since then, the other 52 times, it's gone to a player on the winning team. So I don't need to worry about if, I, if I'm worried about, you know, if the Warriors win, will I be worried about Jason Tatum still having an incredible series and winning MVP? No, it's never happened other than the first time. They won't do it. LeBron should have won it whatever year, 2015, when Iggy won it. LeBron should have won it, totally. But even then, it should have been Curry's, but it wasn't. So it's not going to go to a a player on the losing team. So again, better value in this case because the superstars are so well-established and because the narrative is so much there for both teams. If you want to have better value and you think one team is going to win the finals, very you know, if you're very passionate about one of them winning, I would bet the finals MVP between either Tatum or Curry. That would be my opinion. First point there. Let's go into now the actual game one of, you know, I think the the Warriors are going to win game one pretty pretty easily. The number has dropped. I believe it was, I don't know, maybe it, maybe it changed. 
was it three and oh yeah, sorry, it opened at three and a half. It's now to four, which means if you don't know how betting works in Vegas, they set a line and then based on where the money comes in, how much money is coming in, they change the line a little bit to get more bets to even it out. So they don't have as much liability on one side. Well, obviously it was at three and a half, which means a lot of people were hammering the, the Warriors three and a half, which I did when it first came out. Hammered them at minus three and a half. So I got the early number. I got the the closing line value, maybe better for me, depending on where this closes. Now, right now, plus four for Boston, if I'm looking at line movement here. It kind of has fluctuated between plus three and a half and four today as of, you know, 4.30 when I'm recording this. Um, But it's kind of gone back and forth. Um, I still, like I said, believe that Golden State is going to cover that number. I have them at minus three and a half, so I'm also going to take them at minus four because I already thought they were going to cover that. But either way, let's look at sometime, Let's look at how this goes. There was earlier in the week, there was a system in play. So Action Network has this system. I've talked about it before. Um, we'll do it again. Action Network has this system. Favorites on the spread... If more percentage of the money is coming in than percentage of the bets, that system has a 19% ROI. And if you've bet $100 on that spread for the favorite getting more money than the bet percentage, you would be up around six grand on a $100 bet. Okay? So that system was in play earlier in the week. The system is no longer technically in play because now that the number has moved up, more bet percentage, but their people are scaling back their money. So bet percentage is higher. People are still betting on minus four, but they're not putting as much money because the, the odds are now minus 108. So they're putting less because they can the value is better at minus 108 if they think they're going to win. So system is no longer in play. When I first recorded on Monday, I said hammer it because the system is in play. We're going full force. I still obviously have that play but I also am going to still play minus four regardless of the system. Now, it looks like sharp money, though, is coming in a bunch on Boston plus four. On In um, Action Network, all professional bettors that are in Action Network, all 10 of them have now hammered plus four. I don't know why that half a – well, I know why the half a point is big because you can now, you can now push. And people love the whole numbers because you can push. I don't think it's going to matter. I think it's going to be very easily Golden State tonight. Couple of, a couple other things to look at. Um, sharps are hammering the over. Um, I actually, I'm not going to bet it, but I actually liked the under. I liked um, thinking, man, Boston, both these teams are one and two defensively in terms of the whole season defensive rating efficiency. So, like, I just figure that both these teams in a game one are going to be feeling each other out. They're not necessarily going to, you know, have everything figured out. Boston has obviously just got done playing a, a set, two seven-game series in a row, one against the Heat who physically abused them, and then one against Giannis who just bulldozed the crap out of them for a while. And then obviously the Warriors are coming off rest and might have some rust. So I was initially on the the under, uh, but all four four people that are you know sharp betters in Action Network are all on the over, and you know two people are on Warriors money line makes sense. I'm also going to be on Warriors money line. I'm going to also couple that with Nadal to win tomorrow. That's a different story, different podcast. Just kidding, I don't have that, but I don't have a tennis podcast. But I love tennis and I love Rafa, so I'm probably going to be pairing the Warriors money line with Rafa, but. I'm also probably just going to bet the the um, money line straight up as well. Um, like I said, 
I, I am I am on Warriors minus four. I'm on them minus three. I think they're going to win pretty easily tonight. At least I'm going to say by seven or eight, if not more. Um, only other things to kind of talk about, some props here. So um, if you go into Action Network again, shout out Action Network. Love the app. It's a great app. Um, they kind of do like a, a pro top props. Basically, they look at what the project, look at what the line is currently and what they project the line to be, and then they give it a grade. Anything that has, I believe, at least a 20% edge. Uh, let me see where the number goes from A plus to A. Yeah. So anything that has a 20% edge versus what the line is at, which, which versus what they project, it gets a grade of an A plus. Basically saying like, hey, this is really good value. We see this number as much higher or much, you know, it should be at much higher and it's very low. Bet it. Even if you're looking at like, I believe 15% is where they kind of started at for A's. Yeah, so even if things are at 15%, you're still getting an A minus value, then it's A minus A um, and A plus. So here are the A plus value bets that they have for props. So they have Jordan Poole's line for points, rebounds, assists, which you might see me tweet, um, which is, you know, follow me at Twitter, on Twitter at matttweet22. Um, you might find this, you know, PRA is what I also call it sometimes if I'm betting it, but points, rebounds, assists. So the line... Um, and a lot of places right now is over 21 and a half. Um, you, Action Network is saying it's right around 27 is what it should be at. So they're saying that's almost a 30% edge. You should hammer the over 21 and a half points, rebounds, assists. Going down, Clay Thompson. Right now you're seeing it at about 27 and a half for points, rebounds, assists. Action Network has it at 33 and a, and a third is what it should be. So again, 25.1 edge. Hammer it. Um, again, I'm not telling you that's what they're saying. I will tell you what I'm going to be on props-wise in a second. Um, Jordan Poole also just points rebounds. Again, some of these are going to be repeats because if they have, Jor they have Jordan Poole like points, rebounds, assists, there's a pretty good chance they're going to have him at points, rebounds. So again, Jordan Poole points, rebounds, points, assists. They think that Jordan Poole is going to score at least 20. So like all of these bets that have him at less than 20 for combinations, you might as well bet him because they think he's going to get 20 points, essentially is what I'm looking at. The one that I actually think I'm going to be on... Um, I'm going to be on Draymond Green to over five and a half assists. Um, I think that he's going to play a big role and they're going to they're going to shoot a bunch of jumpers tonight just based on kind of how they're going to do the drop coverage. Boston in the first two matchups did a bunch of drop coverage and didn't do a whole lot of switching. I think they're really worried about getting a big onto Curry and Curry getting the big in foul trouble or getting by the big and creating a bunch of open looks. So I think they're probably going to go to a lot of drop coverage. Here's the thing. When that happens, Draymond can still absolutely handoffs, illegal screens, moving screens, how the Warriors operate. I believe that over five and a half Draymond assists is pretty, pretty easy bet. Um, Action Network has it at setting at probably at least eight assists, um, which is an A plus grade. I'm going to go, I'm going to hammer the over five and a half. It looks like it's, it's almost to 145. So there's a bit of juice there, but if you find six, you might even be better too. Um, I'm going to do the over five and a half though for Draymond's assists prop tonight. So just to recap, um, again, I would take Curry to win finals MVP. If you think the Warriors are going to win the title, if you think the Celtics are going to win the title, I would split your money between them winning the title and then also Tatum to win finals MVP, or just put it all on Tatum to win finals MVP. I think he wins it. If the Celtics win, I think Curry wins it. If the Warriors win as for game one, I have, um, Warriors minus three and a half. I'm taking Warriors minus four. I'm doing Warriors on the money line. I'm also doing Warriors on the money line with a parlay of Rafa Nadal to win his matchup tomorrow against Varev. 
And then I'm also going to be on um, Draymond Green over five and a half assists for game one. Other than that, you know, just keep just keep following along, keep riding, um, and and you know we'll be back each game after each game. So there's a game tonight. I'll be back tomorrow at some point to record, or maybe even this weekend to record. Talk about that before game two, which will be Sunday. Um, so there, the, the games are definitely spaced out. Um, they're going to be Thursday, Sunday, and then I believe it would be. Tuesday or Wednesday um, would be the next one. So they're going to be spaced out, not this whole back, you know, one day, every other day kind of crap that they that they pulled for the um, for the conference finals. But we will be back um, before game two. So sometime either tomorrow or sometime this weekend, we'll talk again all things. We'll do all things gambling, all things analysis, um, and we'll get you right for, for game two of, of these finals. Super pumped. Um, I don't know if I made a prediction, but I said Warriors in six. May change it to Warriors in seven. Um, I'm not really sure, but I think the Warriors win it all. Whether it's six or seven, I think the Warriors win it all and cut down the nets. Hammer Steph Curry for finals MVP in that case. That is going to do it for another episode of In the Paint. Thanks so much for listening. Happy NBA Finals um, weeks slash, I think it's like three weeks. So happy NBA Finals three weeks. Hopefully it goes that long. Hopefully you have a great series. But if not, um, either way, hope you win some money. We will be back for the next episode for game two. All right, fam. Peace.